Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. I thought that if I titled this podcast Anger, likely only those who have the in-your-face kind of anger might be interested, those who are well aware they have an anger issue. But I know there are lots of people out there who are like me before my healing with tons of anger, but all locked away and labeled not safe to deal with. Prior to my season of healing, I would have never listened to a podcast like this because I was completely blind to the amount of anger I had stored up inside me. I grew up with a rageful father. When he let loose, no one was safe. So being the astute child I was, I got a clue early on to keep my anger to myself. Never exhibit anger. That only makes things worse. My brothers did not take the position I did, and I watched them receive beatings and scary verbal attacks from my father. I was terrified of his anger, so I simply decided not to have any. Well, silly me, what was I thinking? I was way too powerful in my own eyes. Of course I had anger, lots of it, but like a sleeping monster, it lay dormant for a long time. Decades later, I began to get a clue. I remember a particular conversation with the health care provider. She was trying to assess my mental health needs and asked me a question. Do you have a problem with anger? And I replied, not nearly as much as I need to. I knew by then I did have anger, but trying to safely get it out was hard work. Before I get into such specifics, let's pull back and get an overview. Anger comes from many directions and is expressed in many ways. I think too often when people are trying to get healthier emotionally and mentally, care providers focus on better ways to manage anger. Well, I do think this can be helpful. It's missing what is most important, dealing with the source. Yes, we're always going to experience situations that make us angry, but if controlling our anger is our sole focus, we're really doing a disservice to the one trying to get healthy. Here's another way of viewing anger. Anger is like a messenger returning from the battlefield to brief you on the damage received in the latest skirmish. Most of us choose to either shoot the messenger lock him up, that was my personal favorite, or send him to an anger management class. Our focus is usually on the messenger, but he isn't our problem. He is merely an indicator of our problem. Here's another metaphor. Teaching someone how to manage their anger is like showing someone how to clean around an arrow in their chest so it doesn't get infected when what they really need is someone to help them pull the arrow out. Then talk about dressing the wound. What is causing the anger? Where did it come from? This is the place to start, not learning how to handle the anger. We typically think of anger as a bad thing, but it really isn't. The expression of our anger can either be good or bad, but the anger itself is neutral. It's a feeling. Feelings are neither good or bad. 
God had anger. Read the story of how the Israelites built a golden calf while Moses was away on business on top of Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments. God nearly wiped out the whole lot after that escapade. Jesus had anger too. He was enraged when he saw what the people had done to his father's temple, turning it into an enterprise for thieves. Their disrespect of God's holiness sent him to the moon. So anger is not bad. It is what we choose to do with our anger that determines whether we've done something wrong or not. I want to step a little further out on this limb. Anger is actually good. It is good in the way physical pain is good. It is indicating to us where we have been hurt, where we have a problem or a new wound. Like I said, anger is the messenger bringing us the information we need. Anger is usually an indicator we have some healing work to do, that a wound has been created, and it needs our attention. The more quickly we get to that healing process, the better. If we do not deal with our wounds as they occur, there is a cumulative effect. That's when our anger can start to become a problem, and we begin to hurt others and hurt ourselves. When we are aware that we are angry, the first thing we need to ask is, what is the deeper feeling? There are levels in our feelings, and anger is a surface feeling, not an underlying feeling. There's always something deeper under our anger. Anger is never the primary emotion. When our anger arrives, it means something in me or my life has been threatened or lost. The deeper wounds under our anger include things like a broken heart, disappointment, shame, guilt, abandonment, rejection, or betrayal. Something triggers disappointment and we get angry. Something triggers shame and we get angry. Something triggers rejection and we feel angry. Anger is just the memo informing us about the deeper wound. Our attention needs to go to the deeper wound. Then the anger will resolve itself. For instance, a young man gets a text from his girlfriend that she is breaking up with him, and he, he immediately gets angry, takes his car out on the highway, and starts speeding and driving recklessly. He's only aware of being angry. But his problem is that he is feeling rejected, a terrible attack on his self-worth. He doesn't need a lesson on how to be a better driver. He needs healing for the deep wound of rejection. Another story. A married woman opens her Facebook page one day to find her lover, the man she was having an affair with, decided to announce their relationship. She was livid and wanted to kill him for being so indiscreet. Is anger her problem? No. Shame is her problem. Shame stemming from having her sin exposed. Healing needs to happen around the issue of sexual sin so her shame can be healed. She also has a wound of betrayal and needs to forgive her lover. After that, the anger will resolve itself. One more. A couple have not been able to get pregnant, 
After a series of tests, the doctor told them they would never be able to have children. As a result, they both became bitter toward God and blamed each other for the bad news. Blame and bitterness are forms of anger. Is that their true wound? No, the deep wound causing their suffering is disappointment. We may not think of disappointment as being a really big deal, but it can be a huge deal. Losing our dreams and hopes can be devastating. Anger is the indicator, not the wound. Heal the wound, then the anger will resolve itself. To get past anger, we have to return to the battlefield and receive healing for the wounds incurred there. As I said a few moments ago, it isn't just demonstrative anger we need to be concerned about. In a way, that kind of anger is easier to work with because you can see it. If you're yelling at people, cussing them out, breaking things, physically hurting people, (laughs) there's no mystery that you have anger. But if you have a background like me, you may think you don't have anger because you never do those things. Not necessarily. You've probably heard the cliche, I don't get mad, I get even. There are plenty of ways to express our anger without ever raising our voice. Here are some popular choices. Ending relationships. Isolating from people. Getting revenge. Letting someone suffer when you could help. Procrastinating. Pretending things are okay. Being a martyr. Stealing. Giving people the silent treatment. Holding mental trials, gossiping, thinking hateful thoughts. And some of us turn our anger into and onto ourselves. We learned at some point it isn't safe to express anything to others, so we turn it all in onto ourselves by doing things like blaming ourselves for everything, deliberately bringing pain to our bodies, suicidal thoughts, worrying, feeling self-pity, obsessive thinking, Rejecting opportunities for good things, for growth or for success. Not taking care of ourselves. Placing unreasonable demands on ourselves. Sabotaging our life. Along with that list, every addiction known to man can be a way of managing or avoiding our anger. We can also put the blame on God and direct our anger toward him. Avoiding him. Rebelling against him doubting and judging God, hating God. I worked with a woman recently who was blazing mad at God. Her husband had walked out on her after 30 plus years of marriage, leaving her to live in a trailer and squeeze out a living with a minimum wage job. Her adult kids had let her down too. And the way she saw it was that this was all God's fault. He could have made them all act differently, but he didn't. She and I worked together over many weeks, and eventually she was able to see who she was really mad at, who really caused her painful wounds. She was really angry with her ex-husband and her kids because they had abandoned her. But she loved her family too much to bring herself to admit it was their fault. Admitting her own family had abandoned her was more than she can bear, so she turned her blame toward God instead. During all those years she had suffered, 
She remained distant from God, something that bothered her. But she didn't know how to get back to God. She couldn't resolve her anger. Once she could see the truth and process the wound of abandonment, everything got better. Her anger began to dissipate, and she was able to connect with the Lord again. I want to read some portions of Ephesians 4 uh, in the NIV. God has some advice for us about anger. Starting in verse 25, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Yelling at someone is certainly not the only form of anger. As we see in this passage, anger includes bitterness, rage, worry, stealing, fighting, evil speaking, and wicked behavior. God warns us about sinning in our anger. If we think we aren't sinning just because we are not physically accosting someone, think again. Holding on to bitterness is sin. Holding on to anger is sin. God said here to get rid of it quickly. Resolve matters as quickly as you can. I don't think he means literally to stay awake until things are settled, but I do think he is serious about not letting matters slide. And why? Lots of reasons. Anger eats away at us. It makes us sick. It hurts our bodies. It hurts our minds. It hurts our spiritual life and relationship with God. It hurts all of our relationships particularly those closest to you. God said we are members of one body. What we do affects everyone. And if that isn't reason enough, here's one more. Our anger is an open door for Satan to really mess with our minds and our lives. So don't give the devil a foothold. God said it grieves him when we hold on to our anger and nurse it along. His Holy Spirit lives in us. When we're angry, he's grieved. It's not a comfortable place for his spirit. So what can you do? What are the specifics? How can you locate and resolve the underlying issues so you won't be angry? Here's four steps you can apply that will help you move toward healing. Number one, stop. You've got to create a little white space in your life so you can think about what happened and why it happened. You need to get alone and get quiet. Let the messenger speak. Number two, pray. Sometimes it's obvious why we're anger, what the deeper wound is and what we've lost, but not always. We need God's help in this process. So pray and ask him to show you what is going on. Number three, identify. 
Identify your wound. What is the deep wound? Is it betrayal, rejection, abandonment, grief, shame, loss, disappointment, or a broken heart? And finally, number four, process with God. Forgive what you need to forgive. Confess what you need to confess. And ask God to heal that deep wound. If you will take the time and make the effort to follow these steps whenever you are aware of your anger, your anger will disappear. Instead of attacking God, attacking other people, or attacking yourself, you will no longer feel the need to attack anyone. Your heart and mind will be in a peaceful place. And if we need still another reason to obey God and let him heal our anger, here are two. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. The first reason is because Jesus asks us to be kind and compassionate to people, not judgmental and angry. And the second is because Jesus forgave us every sin we ever committed or will commit. That should settle the matter for all of us. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise noted. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.